Samantha. How are you? I'm doing good, and you? I'm actually doing really well, thank you. Yes, I saw your last post, so you dyed your hair pink. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's very subtle. You can't see it in certain light. <laughs> yeah. So is that like a new trend? Because I see a lot of people doing that, so just for fun. Uh, it, I think I just needed to keep myself entertained. <laughs> I yeah. was needing yeah. like a little bit of a pick-me-up during quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So how's quarantine so far for you? You know what? Um, I feel guilty saying it, but it's actually been rather enjoyable. Um, and I feel guilty because I know it's, it's hard for a lot of people, but I've been working from home on my own for a while. So I don't feel uh, like my daily routine is totally different. Um, what is different though is seeing the people around me being severely impacted health-wise, business-wise. Um, but for myself, I'm um, I've made a conscious effort to really surround myself with positivity being in yes. my newsfeed, in the people that I speak to. And I'm very fortunate that in the work that I do, it's with people who are, who see change as an opportunity. So it's actually been pretty good for me. Yes. We're talking about, uh, about good news. When you start the group Good News on Facebook, which has, it has like 5,000 members so far right now. Yeah, that grew really quickly, which is really nice. I mean, I was just really tired of seeing like crap on my newsfeed and, and people being angry and, and I get it. And there's every right to be angry right now. It just, when that was everything that I was consuming, I noticed the impact it had on my mood. And I thought um, I can control the narrative. I can control the type of content that I'm consuming and engaging with but I wasn't seeing it. So I figured I'm just gonna create a space where people go in, they share good news, they, they, are, they feel that there is news to celebrate during this time and it just kind of caught on. It was really great. Is this a group that you're gonna keep on after? Because good news is necessary for like forever, <laughs> you know? It's a good question. You know, I didn't really start it with a strategy in mind. It was really sporadic. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure is, is the true answer. I think it is going to be needed forever, but I also know that there are other bigger platforms that have really taken it to the next level. And so we'll see, but it, it's a, a booming community that people still really appreciate. So for the short term, definitely keeping it alive. Exactly. So what about the busing up? Because you, you still have two groups. So is it like really difficult to manage both or like you have time for both right now? I have the time for both. Uh, bossing up is really more of a, a strategic business platform for me. It is a community of entrepreneurs and, um, and business professionals. And we're there to share resources and ideas and, and wins and fails and everything in between. And uh, that's going to remain active. The, it's not particularly challenging or, or time consuming to run the Good News Now group, because it's basically a message board. People are going in, sharing, engaging with each other. It's very um, audience driven. And so I go in to just make sure that, you know, rules are being respected. But the only one rule is to share good news and share good vibes. And so, you know, anything almost goes in the group, provided that it is positive. And yes. so there, it takes little of my time. Exactly. So. What are the changes that you did for your business during this quarantine? When you say that you already work from home, so is there any change or that you did some um, minor adjustment? So in my day-to-day -day, um, 
kind of how I, I go about working and how I build my schedule, that hasn't really changed. What has changed for me is my demographic, which is a huge shift because it's the audience that I'm going after and the people I'm doing business with. And who I was typically working with kind of pre-COVID was really the entrepreneurial space in okay. business coaching. And I kind of found myself in that space because as I was growing my business, people were seeing me on stage and selling services and they thought, well, you know what you're doing. So can I just pay you to help me? And yeah. it wasn't actually where I wanted to go. It was where the demand was. And so I kind of followed it, um, but found myself a little bit detached from the things that like truly lit me up. And so what COVID gave me the opportunity to do is to really reassess who can I best serve right now? Exactly. What is going to be the thing that like, I want to work on? Like I go to bed thinking about, I wake up thinking about, and truth be told, there are other business consultants that can help take your business to the next level better than I can. And so unless you're a perfect fit, I didn't take on those projects. And where I really started to focus was on change management. Okay. So I'm working a lot more with organizations, with executive teams, with leadership, helping them get their employees through this difficult time. And that's been an entirely, um, I'd say in the last year or so, a new focus for me, but in the last several months has been a major shift in it being almost the bulk of my business right now. Yeah. So like for those people that want to make a change on their business, like try to do a, a pivot, how do they do it? What could they change first? Oh, that's a loaded question. I think before pivoting, you need to stop and realize what is the true value that I bring? Because yeah. you can want to change, you can need to change, but if you haven't done the thinking of, of the value you're actually going to deliver, then it's going to seem ill-timed, it's going to seem unauthentic, and um, you risk looking like you're just hungry for people's money. And yeah. if you've done the thinking of where you can actually deliver value, I think that's a good place to start. You want to consider what resonates with you. What is it that is going to want to keep you going on the days that are going to be tough? Because as we're living through right now, not every day is a breeze. And so what is that thing that will drive you? And then you can start to put some meat to the bones. And well, what does that look like as a product or service offering? What does that look like from a marketing and sales perspective? But first identifying what, what skills, what knowledge, what expertise do you bring to the table that you can actually start to monetize? Yes, but like some people right now, they're going, to, they're trying to go faster. So they maybe like trying to do people too fast is not good because they want to adapt. So they say, okay, let's do this. And new opportunity is not a good thing. Like trying to pivot too fast. Yeah, it's such a good point. We are feeling the need to react, to be quick, right, yeah. to change on a dime. And that's risky if we have it at first stop to think about the impact and the aftermath. And so I absolutely agree that um, although we do need to adapt and pivot, we need to slow down before we can speed up to recognize, is this sustainable? What does this mean for my target audience? What does this mean as the business owner? If we don't put that thinking in ahead of time and we rush into the execution, it's gonna get sloppy. And when we yeah. start thinking about the value that we're delivering to our audience, we can't deliver our promise on that value if we've not put the thought in ahead of time of how we're going to serve them when push comes to shove. Exactly. What, as a community leader, Samantha, how do you keep your, uh, the Bossing Up group motivated during this crisis? Because you have a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are always on the go, but maybe some of them right now 
they have problems with the groupness. How do you keep them motivated as the as the community leader of the group? So I've you know I haven't really thought about how I keep them motivated and what I focus more on is how do I keep them engaged because okay. I, I think it's unfair to put that responsibility on me as the leader to keep everyone uplifted and motivated but it is my responsibility as the community leader to make sure that they are supported to make sure that they have resources and to spark worthwhile conversation and I'm very fortunate that you know the group is now I think like in its fourth year where yes. members feel comfortable asking questions, sharing their wins, um, sharing where they may have dropped the ball so that other people can learn from their quote unquote mistakes. And uh, as, as the leader, it's my responsibility to make sure that we are continuing to evolve together so that they feel that they have a home there. And sometimes that's not motivational and sometimes that's not uplifting and that's okay. And that's part of what makes the group so special is that on those days where you're feeling kind of shitty or you don't know where you're going to go next, you have yeah. a community of people to back you up. Exactly. Is there any secret to make like a good uh, Facebook group? Because you have two Facebook groups that have more like 5,000K. I don't know if there's a secret. How do you do it? <laughs> because... Oh gosh. Um, so, you know what, this is going to go against every marketing book and, and tip that people will say, you know, they'll say, do it with the audience in mind and deliver value and, and to be perfectly transparent, both these groups started from a selfish need. Okay. I started bossing up because I needed resources. I was a broke entrepreneur who didn't have the money to pay for certain contractors. And I thought I'm going to start a group where people can swap their services. So initially it was service swap and it was a bartering group. And I thought, surely I'm not the only one who's in this boat who can't afford to pay for others, but has this like, big drive to create something bigger than them. And I, I started bringing people, like-minded people together. And as our businesses grew, people were coming to me and saying, Sam, do I have to continue to barter for free? Because now I have clients. Yes. And that's when it evolved into bossing up. And so the, the community needs are always at the forefront of my mind. But if, if there is a secret, the reason I can keep it going and the reason I'm passionate about it and I, and I want to continue growing it is because it also serves me. It's not yes. just for yes. them, you know? And so there's that, there's that secret sauce of it being something that helps me personally. Exactly. There's like the mix of both. Like right. yourself and people. Yeah. Yeah. So before we finish the live, I just want to ask you about your TED talk that right now has more than 25K views on YouTube. So congrats. And when, Thank when, you. When, when you did that TED talk, how do you felt? How do you feel when you did it? Awful, <laughs> which might surprise you. Um, it was one of the hardest, most time-consuming, challenging opportunities of my career that has been the most rewarding. Yeah. But I put so much pressure on myself for it to go viral, for me to sound smart, for people to like it, for people to like me. And I forgot three full minutes of my talk and I, I looked oh. down at the timer and I didn't even know what parts I forgot. I didn't know, oh, I couldn't well. go back. I had already thanked everyone for coming and I was like, oh God. And I stepped off stage and I was so hard on myself. Wow, okay. I was, I was so angry and my family were there and my friends were there and I was like, Sam, you did great. Wow, that was awesome. And I was like, don't talk to me, that sucked. 
And for two months, I waited for the video to come out. And for two months, I beat myself up that I forgot and I should have done better and I should have known better. And, and when I saw it, I realized that the parts that I left out were the parts that I tried to make myself sound smarter. They were the studies that I squeezed in. They were everything that weren't me. And when I saw what was left, I was actually really proud, even though it's not perfect, but that it was, it was authentically me. But I've really grown to be quite proud of it. But yes. in that moment, uh, oh, I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you wanted to perform it to make it great. It's a third touch. There's a lot of recognition from that also. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the, the theme of the text was the, how to set setting goals that matter. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And right now, during this crisis, do you think setting goals is important more than before? I think it's always been important. What I think is more important now is to set goals that matter. And that's really, you know, what the essence of the talk was. Is not, it's not just about setting goals. It's not just about hitting targets. It's not just about moving the goalpost and adapting the strategy. But why are we changing? Why are these our goals? And I think what COVID has allowed us to do is recognize maybe how we were doing things or why we were doing things doesn't resonate anymore. And so the premise of the, of the goal setting methodology, which I introduced in the talk, is the real goal method. And resonant is the first pillar for that reason. It's about assessing, does this vibe with who I am as a person, where I want my business to go? Does it align with my values, with my why? The E, which is the second pillar, is about empowering. Does it make me feel good? Because right now people are doing business, selling products and services that make them feel kind of gross and thinking like, this is not the right time. I don't want to sell this right now. It doesn't feel right. And so set a goal that makes you feel empowered, that encourages you to go out and want to sell it if you're a business owner or to live it if it's a life goal. The third pillar is A, which is actionable, is breaking it down into things you can do in this moment. Like it's good to dream big, but if it just stays as a big ambitious goal, it seems so far away, it seems so out of reach. And so break it down into how you can make progress in this moment, today, this week, this month, and take steps forward from there. And finally, yes. L, the final pillar is for lucrative. And this is where we've had to get creative in COVID because okay. lucrative, we tend to think it's money. How much will this, you know, how much will I earn? What will I make from it? But lucrative goes so much deeper in what do you stand to gain? Is it more freedom? Is it more clarity? Is it more time with your kids? Is it a degree? But look at really what's in it for you. And we know we talk about the groups. That's what's lucrative is that I, it's, I've got something in it for me. These, you know, community members become brand ambassadors. It is self-serving. I have something to gain. Therefore, I want to work harder for it. So okay. I think goal setting has always been important, but what's more important now is setting goals that matter. Yes, especially the last one, because most people would think about look ludicrous, like more like money side, but you can say it can be audio stuff that's going to bring you something, like having more time with your family. And that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate this time. And thank you for all the people that watched so far. And I hope that we can see each other again in another event pretty soon. Well, I don't know when, but yeah. <laughs> it'll <laughs> happen for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Hugo. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I greatly appreciate 
Uh, if you can leave a review, a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, that would be appreciated. This will help grow the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it, and see you on the next show.